traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Hi, folks. You're listening to More Money on 77 Talk Radio, WABC. I am your host, Stephen Moore. Thank you for joining some of your Saturday afternoon to uh, talk and discuss uh, the issues of the day when it comes to our economy, our finances, and your wallet. Uh, I am so privileged to have two of the top financial analysts and monetary experts in the United States of America as my next hosts. And we're going to have a great kind of panel discussion over the next 20 minutes about what's going on with inflation, what's going on with the uh, job market, what's going on with the uh, stock market, and so on. And so the, my first guest is Judy Shelton. Judy is um, probably the smartest person in America on monetary policy, and I'm not exaggerating, folks. She was uh, nominated by President, President Trump to be on the Federal Reserve Board, um, and uh, the Senate very foolishly did not bring her up to a vote because they didn't like Donald Trump, but what a loss to the country that was. But Judy has been in this game for a long time. She had a fantastic piece in the Wall Street Journal uh, about four or five days ago about wages and inflation. I want to get into that. But my second guest uh, for this panel discussion is Jerry Boyer. And many of you know Jerry from many years uh, at National Review Uh, as a columnist. He also is now the financial editor uh, town Hall, and I'm privileged to write for Town Hall. So, Jerry, you do a great, great job there. And, and uh, he's been a financial analyst for many, many years. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. I want to get right down to this issue of the jobs report. Uh, Judy Shelton, I'm going to uh, ask you about this. So, you know, obviously a blockbuster jobs report with a million jobs or so created. Uh, fantastic news for the workers of America. Uh, America is opening up again, but I was struck by uh, this uh, data on the wages, which shows that wages grew about 4% year over year, which is a good number, but inflation, Judy, is running ahead of 4%. It's closer to 5%, and that means that from a, a, you know, in terms of purchasing power, workers aren't, you know, as well off as you might think because everything is more expensive. So, Judy, what do you make of those numbers? Well, Steve, it's so great to be with you. Thank you for your your kind comments. And um, I, I'm very proud to have been a nominee uh, mm-hmm. of the Trump administration. And um, it's just great to have a chance to discuss these issues with you. Um, it, it turns out that uh, it's not unusual for wage gains to not keep up with inflation. And, and that's why that, that piece in the journal um, has right. as a title, uh, mm-hmm. no, inflation isn't good for workers. <laughs> right. Because it's, right. <laughs> it's, it's quite amazing that um, people think this Keynesian notion of nominal wage increases is somehow going to satisfy workers, but actually people are pretty savvy. Right. And 
inflation is going up at a higher percentage than those wage gains, then it's a net loss to them. And I find it interesting that um, the Federal Reserve conducted in 2019 this Fed Listens tour. They went to 15 town halls around the country ostensibly to talk to people about um, how they feel about the Fed and its, its dual mandate. And it turned out when they took a questionnaire uh, asked in a survey, uh, 150 people representing, according to the Fed, a cross-section of society, I mean, including disadvantaged communities and, mm-hmm. and low-wage workers. What is more important, uh, full employment for the Fed to pursue or stable prices? They said stable prices, and that's when well, inflation was, by the was way, running. Judy, was, what, was this a survey, or where, 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 where do you get those mm-hmm. numbers? This was part of the Fed Listens Town Hall in okay. San Francisco, and oh they invited people. And and um, right. they were supposed to be representing uh, disadvantaged communities, labor organizations, wow. businesses, wow. this broad cross-section. And they said that price stability was very wow. important, 79%. Wow. A lower wow. percentage said maximum employment wow. was as important. And, and that was when the CPI was 1.7%. Think how they feel now at 5.4%. So I think the Fed is not listening. And, <laughs> and even on, on the Fed's own website, um, they acknowledge that they really can't affect employment that much. That's really right. a structural thing. So right. I think the Fed misinterprets its role and they don't understand that the good numbers we had in 2018 and 2019 were because of the pro-growth policies of <laughs> the Trump administration, which you and Larry Champion and which under President Trump were pursued successfully, reducing taxes so you had a better environment for business, more competitive internationally and uh, cutting the unnecessary regulation. That is why we got those numbers. We actually had quite erratic monetary policy. It was raised four times in 2018, and then three of those were taken back in 2019. So they just didn't understand the impact of the pro-growth structural changes. So, Jerry Boyer, uh, weigh in here. Uh, Do you agree with what Judy is saying? Is the Fed behind the curve on inflation and uh, or are we headed for an economic boom, as they seem to think we are? The uh, Fed is behind the curve, and the Fed is almost always behind the curve. Because <laughs> right. It's really a third mandate that's not spoken, right? It's not, it's not unemployment, right? The first mandate is price stability. The second mandate is you know, employment stability. But the real mandate is second point two, which is employment for Fed chairman. Um, that they don't want to lose their job, and they lose their job when they turn off the money spigot and people get worried. So easy money is uh, a great way for Fed chairman to get reappointed unless the inflation gets really out of control. But um, in general, um, the political pressure is not towards monetary discipline. It's towards keep the party going. Um, And that's definitely what we're seeing here. And that's why they keep moving the goalposts. You know, well, we want inflation to be 2%. And they choose this specific metric, PCE, which is a little bit cheaty. Um, because it's easier to beat that one. It's like an easy A in inflation. And then they say, all right, well, it's 2%, but we really want it to be 2.5%. Well, what what we really want (laughs) is for it to be 2.5% on average 
So then we have to be higher than that to make up for the years we were one and a half percent. And then we have to be two and a half percent on average for an extended <laughs> right. period of time. So right. they keep changing the goalposts. Right, right. So uh, we've got to just, we're, I want you guys to stay over if you can for our next segment. And we just got about two more minutes in this segment. But so I want to ask you both very quickly, uh, your, whether you agree or not, with Fed Chairman Jerome Powell, that this inflation is transitory. Judy, let's start with you. Well, that's such a vague term, and <laughs> right. um, you know, it gives them so much wiggle room. And and it's one thing to suggest, oh, maybe it's for a month or two. I mean, now they're talking more like a year or two, and that right. is never recoverable. So I I think the Fed would have a hard time uh, giving a convincing rationale for what it's doing at this point. And so what would you want, if you were the Fed chairman, what would you be doing right now, Judy? Well, I I think the mechanisms are where the real danger is. Um, I'm concerned that the Fed uses the emergency use of paying interest on reserves, and they uh -huh. keep holding that up as, well, we have the tools when we need them. But actually right. what they're doing, instead of supporting the economy, they're getting banks to want to continue to keep that $3.8 trillion right. sitting right. there doing nothing at the Fed and taking, right. getting the supposedly higher interest on it in the future. And they're taking away potential financial investment for the private sector. That's very dangerous. So, Jerry, do you think the Fed should be um, moving away from zero interest rates? Should they be, uh, you know, reducing their balance sheet? What would you be advising the Fed to do? Well, first, you know, let me second what uh, what Judy just said. The Fed should not be paying banks to not lend to us. That's absolutely crazy. I mean, banks are there to lend to us. And if the Fed says, well, if you don't lend, we'll pay you interest, um, that's really kind of unbelievable. It maybe explains why there was some opposition even from some Republican circles right. to her nomination, um, because not everybody who's in big business is actually pro-free markets, unlike their monopolies. Um, so I think you know that's definitely a factor. I, I think that the Fed should not be setting interest rates at all. I think we should be. We should set them by borrowing or lending. We can handle that on our own. We don't need the Fed to do that. I think their inflation target should be 0.00. .00. Everything else is theft. Um, and I think they should not be pumping any more money into the economy. I wouldn't take it out quickly because that can be a shock, as we saw in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, but I try to yep. stabilize where we are now. That's Jerry Boyer, uh, who is a, a leading financial analyst and Judy Shelton, uh, is with us as well. We will be right back with the two of them. You're listening to More Money at 77 Talk Radio WABC. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to 77 Talk Radio WABC. This is More Money. I'm your host, Stephen Moore. Thanks for joining some of your Saturday afternoon uh, with us. Uh, don't forget in about 10, 15 minutes, our next segment, we are going to take calls from you all. We want to hear your ideas about how we can do something out about this out of control government spending that is going on in Washington. What kind of reforms do we need in Washington? I want to hear from as many people as possible on that subject. Do you think government spending is out of control and what do we do about it? And uh, welcome back, Judy Shelton, one of the top uh, monetary experts in America. She was a uh, uh, she was appointed by Donald Trump, uh, nominated by Trump to be on the Federal Reserve Board. She should be the chairman of the Federal Reserve Board, as far as I'm concerned. And Jerry Boyer, who is one of the top financial analysts in the country. Welcome back, uh, guys. Um, 
Judy, um, how concerned are you about this out-of-control government spending? I'm, I'm very concerned. And, and it seems so ill-advised, especially as we're going into a potential boom situation. Um, you asked about uh, Fed policy. When you mm-hmm. think of it, what they're calling accommodative, after <laughs> we've had zero interest rates for 17 months, how is this creating the next job? And, and is that really the issue at a time when, when the government is paying people not to work? The Fed is paying banks not to lend. The only accommodation is occurring with respect to the Fed's purchases of mm-hmm. the Treasury debt, which is covering the deficit spending. So mm-hmm. I agree very much with what Jerry said. I think the Fed is too prominent. We see this freakishly low rate on the 10-year Treasury because they're distorting returns. They're too political in accommodating this government deficit spending, and they're just too powerful, creating money and then corralling it to pay off the banks for keeping it at the Fed. Jerry Boyer, um, you know, it seems to me that the Biden administration and, uh, and the Democrats in Congress are disciples of this new branch of uh, macroeconomics that uh, is called modern monetary theory. I know you're very familiar with that, Jerry. Hmm. What's wrong with it? Well, what's wrong with it is that it's never worked in history. Can you explain to people what modern monetary theory is? Modern monetary theory um, is based on the illusory um, idea that the central bank can essentially create unlimited amounts of money um, right. and then lend the, that to the government so that uh-huh. the government, the United States government, has no real limit on its ability to spend uh, purchasing power. I mean, so, wait, 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 hold on right there. You mean you mean people actually believe that? Yes. Well, no, yeah, look, I'm not sure that they actually believe it. Um, I mean, you know, we're addicted to easy money, so I think any right. addict can kind of talk themselves into believing right. anything. Uh, but it might just be a rationale. Now, it could be we do that for a few years and deficits explode and you know, inflation keeps going, and then they say, well, I guess we really do need a tax hike. So, you know, modern monetary theory might be a negotiating move uh, for, right. to justify the spending, and then later on they go back to pushing for tax hikes. So I don't know what they believe. All I know is the thing they say they believe is unbelievable. So you said it has not worked anywhere at any time in history. I mean, I can't think of, I mean, let me put it like this, Jerry, as I look at the evidence historically, that story never has a happy ending. No, and I mean, I guess you could say it works if your design is to destroy an economy and collapse its currency. So it helped end the British Empire and it helped end um, the German Republic. So it has in some sense worked in ending, you know, Spanish domination of the world or Portugal or Netherlands. So whenever it's tried, uh, eventually you get some kind of terrible currency collapse and something like hyperinflation. So, Judy Shelton, uh, the other day, about a week ago, uh, my jaw dropped when I was watching uh, President Biden, he was doing a, a CNN town hall meeting and he was asked about inflation. And he said, well, what we have to do to get control of inflation is pass my $4 trillion spending bill. And I don't quite the logic of that, mm-hmm. uh, but does that make any sense to you? Because it seems to me it's more like, uh, you know, uh, dousing a forest fire with gasoline. Um, well, I do not think it makes any sense. And um, I, it's kind of an oxymoronic statement right. and uh, right. sort of a, a, a double talk. 
um, if you believe that, as I do, limited government is a better approach, um, that you're more likely to get genuine economic growth, the kind that actually uh, raises living standards and makes people more prosperous, then you're better off having the private sector and within mm -hmm. a free market economy determine the best use of financial resources. And if you go along with modern monetary theory, you're looking at unlimited government because it doesn't even have to prioritize spending. It can do everything. So you're, you're empowering government. And under those circumstances, if they really can spend all they want with no deleterious effect, then why pay taxes? And I, I, even worse, right. under modern monetary theory, the main reason is to punish the wealthy. <laughs> right, right, so right. I, 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 it fits in with this whole idea of putting a target on the back of the most creative people, the ones who generate real jobs and higher standards of living. And uh, I just think it's part of the Elizabeth Warren approach to the role of a central bank in a free market economy, which is to perpetuate more government and more imposing government. So, Jerry, do you think that, uh, what, what, what would you project the inflation rate to be, say, six months from now or a year from now? Do you think we're going to see a, a lessening of inflation or, uh, you know, an increase? Because even the Fed, uh, even uh, Jerome Powell, uh, a week or so ago, said, well, it might be six of inflation. You know, they, as you said, they keep moving the needle on this one. But what is your what would what, what you forecast inflation to be? And also, if we pass this four trillion dollar spending bill, how high could inflation go? Yeah, I, I guess I don't know what it's going to be six months or one year from now, because there's a certain volatility, especially right. when policy is volatile, then <laughs> right. inflation can be volatile. Um, but and it would be hard for actually if in the last month, by some measures, it went up 10 percent annualized. So, right. I mean, we're kind of verging on. I think when you and I were with um, Rob Barnott, he said maybe transitory hyperinflation um, <laughs> and then back down to just high inflation. I just I think that we're entering a period just like we've come off a period of kind of lower inflation than expected for mm -hmm. reasons that I think uh, Judy Shelton's mentor, um, Robert Mundell, explained that the right. world would buy our debt and buy our dollars. Well, they're not doing that anymore. So I think we're entering a period of heightened inflation. I wouldn't say hyperinflation. Sometimes it'll be negative because, you, you, you know, when it's volatile, it's volatile. But I think we're going to I'm pretty confident that over the next, say, three, four, five years, we're going to be higher than historic averages by significant margins. On inflation. Okay, so um, yeah. that's Jerry Boyer, by the way, who is one of the top financialists and financial analysts in the country. And we also have Judy Shelton, who is uh, probably the world's foremost authority on monetary policy. So uh, in our last few minutes, guys, and thanks for joining us on this Saturday afternoon, uh, I want to ask about cryptocurrencies. And uh, Judy, there is a big story in the Wall Street Journal, uh, I guess it was yesterday on the front page, about the, the uh, SEC wants to... Uh, wants to regulate cryptocurrencies. And I wonder, uh, as someone who has been in and around the Fed for so many years, do you think the Fed should be regulating cryptocurrencies? And, you know, I'll just tell you my attitude about them. I like the fact that they're kind of a private competition to central bankers, but I wonder what your view is. I also like them as private competition. And, um, one of my favorite economists was Frederick Hayek, who talked about private alternative currencies mm -hmm. back in the 70s. And his attitude was that competition always gives you a better product. 
And right. I think what we're seeing in in the um, in the wake of what happened in 2008, and if the Federal Reserve isn't in some way responsible, I don't know who who had more authority over calibrating the amount of money and credit in the economy than the Federal Reserve. But I think that the beginnings of the alternative currencies fi- find their roots and almost a libertarian idea of mm-hmm. money is too, too important to trust the government. And Jerry, so oh, go, sorry, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Well, I'm just I, I'm just saying that this had to happen at some point, and this is a signal of the the rising uh, bid for legitimacy of alternative cryptocurrencies. Is that now the government's starting to brandish their own weapons. First, it was just to suggest that these are only involved in unsavory transactions. Now the tax treatment potentially, but until they have legal tender status, they're at a real disadvantage against it all. Yeah, Yeah, the empire is striking back for sure. And uh, Jerry, you know, it's interesting. I just saw this analysis uh, a couple of days ago that Bitcoin has been the highest performing asset over the last 10 years. You know, it's it, people who invested in uh, Bitcoin 10 years ago are, are multimillionaires now, uh, now, although it's fallen by about 35% this year. So it's been a bit of a roller coaster. So I'm wondering um, what you think the federal, I mean, do you agree with Judy that these are, that cryptos are a useful competition? Would Do you think the SEC and the Fed should be, uh, should be um, regulating them? Yes and no. <laughs> yes, I okay. agree that it's useful competition. Even the ones that yeah. don't work are useful competition <laughs> right. um, because competition right. is a point. Um, and no, they shouldn't be regulating them. But I can see why, because they're trying to stifle the competition. Too bad we can't bring an antitrust suit against our own government because it's essentially trying right. to dominate the currency <laughs> market. Um, yeah, just so like, by I, the way, I, just like they're I, trying to dominate the they're trying to regulate the attack, uh, ta- you know, the tax uh, you know, they want to have a cartel on taxes around the world as well. You know, so it's it is governments right. fighting back against private alternatives. Right. Yeah, they are. And, you know, when people buy cryptocurrencies and I think a lot of people who buy them don't understand them. So that's a sign of how really powerful the desire is to get away from fiat currencies. When people right. buy that, they're voting. They're voting no on the whole system, right. like federal deficits, right. trade deficits, right. monetary. They're right. just voting no. And what the government is saying is, I'm sorry, we're not going to accept your ballot anymore. Um, your no vote yeah. will not be registered. <laughs> Boy, is that 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 is very well put, Jerry. I mean, uh, you could just tell that, that the people at the Fed and, and, and politicians are getting very worried about cryptocurrencies, which is, in my opinion, a reason to buy them. And by the way, I don't completely understand them. I don't exactly understand how they work. I saw that the uh, the uh, Fed chairman, I mean, not the Fed chairman, the SEC chairman said that it's the wild west of investing. Well, folks, what's wrong with that? If you want to take the risk and you want to put your money down, I don't see the federal government should be intervening in ways that say you can't do that. Look, we've been listening to Judy Shelton, who is one of the top financial and Fed uh, watchers in America, and Jerry Boyer, folks. Uh, Both of you, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. We're going to take your calls in just two minutes on the More Money Hotline, 1-800-848-9222. What do we need to do to rein in government? That is the top of the day. What steps do you think? I I want term limits. I want spending caps. I want a flat tax. I want to privatize Social Security. I want to hear your voices. So we will be right back. You're listening to 77 Talk Radio, 
WABC, call in 1-800-848-9222 to the More Honey Hotline. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 